tonight at the TD Garden, the Bruins fell to the Florida Panthers 6-3. to The best of seven series is now tied at one apiece, heading down to Sunrise, Florida for Friday night. And, I mean, that was just a brutal game by the Bruins all the way around. You can sit there and say that the effort was there at times, but the carelessness with the puck, the, the lackadaisical play was quite frankly, inexcusable. And if they feel like they can rest on their laurels of a 65 win season, not that they think that, but their play certainly kind of showed that tonight and they weren't great in game one either. So they better, they better figure out what's going on here. Cause um, if they don't pick it up, <laughs> their season could be for not. Yeah. Just, I mean, what a time to have one of your absolute worst games of the season, like put, Wednesday night scheme two up there with, I don't know, the Chicago loss. Like mm-hmm. there's been so few of these games and to have one in game two of the playoffs is, uh, you know, it, it's brutal. Um, I think Panthers have been the better five on five team this series, but I don't think the Panthers have done anything. that's like totally overwhelming. I think for the most part in game two, the Bruins, beat themselves, you know, eventually it got out of hand in the third and they didn't, they didn't have it. They, you know, couldn't dig deep and come back, but the way that they got behind is because they made some just absolutely inexcusable turnovers. Brandon Carlo came out of the zone, just, I don't know what he was trying to play. Like, I don't know if he just enough in his pass or, or where he was going with that. Charlie McAvoy. And, you know, instead of making, an easy play behind the net to his D partner tries turning up ice and runs into traffic. And next thing you know, that's in the back of the net. Um, you, you know, game one, like we talked about how the Panthers will blast away from the point game one Bruins did a good job of getting in shooting lanes, tying up sticks, you know, letting all see shots game two, you see Brendan Montour scored twice on, on shots from the point where the Bruins aren't tying guys up, aren't getting in shooting lanes and are instead just screening Linus Allmark. So uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of things went wrong. It's especially in their own zone, like that needs to be cleaned up offensively. You know, we'll get to that. I, I didn't think they worked hard enough to get really quality scoring chances. Um, but certainly the, the D zone play and the turnovers really stood out. Yeah, no, the turnovers were just killer. Um, and they, the weird thing about it, about the way that they played, was that I don't think I've seen them play like that at all once this year. So then when you're actually seeing it in front of you, you're like, you're just kind of shocked because, I mean, they've had some real stinkers uh, of periods in, you know, maybe one here or there, like the Chicago one. I had looked up the four goal period. They had four goals against them in the third against Chicago. And they had one really bad period against Pittsburgh, which they ended up coming back and winning that game. Um, but this was just not what we've seen on garden ice. Like it was only their fifth loss all year at the garden. And so for fans and for us reporters, this was not something we had seen one time this year at the garden. Scott, I don't know if you can, remember a period that one as poorly as the third um, of the outcome 
as poorly as that. And and this obviously is worse than any regular season game because those for a long time, the Bruins had knotted up a playoff position. And so towards the end of the year, those, some of those losses were meaningless anyway. Um, and then in a game you see that's so important. Um, it was kind of shocking to see them fall apart the way they did once uh, Florida got that two goal lead. It just kind of felt like everything was deflated and that people just, it almost felt like they knew that they it could go, you know, we could get back into it, but they never were able to pull it together. Um, and it was so uncharacteristic of them that even though I, I didn't predict a sweep like Scott did, I didn't see a loss like this, um, being part of the series. I certainly saw the potential for it. I mean, I, I never thought that this was going to be – I think I have Bruins in six before the series. I just don't – I think I, – I was saying before, I feel like Florida has – they have too much talent and, and too much sandpaper to be a – like they're, they're a tough opponent. And this is why I didn't want to play them because you watch the, you watch the Islanders and the Hurricanes and those – that series is just kind of – it's it, – it can – Tonight was a good game, but in general, this, their style of play can kind of put you to sleep. Like this Florida team, any team that has Matthew Kachuk as your as your emotional leader, they're gonna be physically engaged. They're gonna be emotionally invested, and and you add to that the the addition of Sam Bennett to the to the Panthers lineup tonight. He and Matthew Kachuk were they were buddies in Calgary, and they ran they ran around for years and against Edmonton, and and they were a big part of that rivalry, and they play with their hearts in their sleeves. So, for this this is why it's like you talk before the series about how the Bruins have the edge in every category, and on paper they should win. The problem is uh, games aren't paid on aren't played on paper, and 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 in my opinion, the Panthers have, is there is there a train behind me or you, Scott? That's that's me. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. Um, thought it was on the Polar Express for a second. Um, I, I just feel like the Bruins, you have to, you have to come ready to play. And, and, and quite frankly, I think Florida has been the better team for the majority of the, of the six periods in the series so far. And, and they earned the victory tonight. Uh, I thought that I thought it's, it's one of those games where it's, it's tough to look at one Bruin in particular and call him out for, for playing poor. Cause I thought a lot, I thought most players on the Bruins tonight played poorly, but what I can tell you is that I am not a fan of of the Krejci, Pasternak, Bertuzzi line combination. I think that Montgomery should go back to Zaka between those two those two wingers and stick Krejci with with Marchand and DeBrusque. If Bergeron's still out, if Bergeron comes back, then I don't know. Figure something out. We talked about it in, the, in past episodes. Montgomery just didn't really, as great as he's done all year, he never really had a chance to to see what a full lineup would look like because there's always been somebody hurt post deadline. And so if Bergeron is healthy enough to play in game three, which we don't know if that's true, I don't know where you're going to put Krejci, but I, I'll tell you, I don't like him with Bertuzzi and Pasternak. So maybe you try the check line again and then slide Bertuzzi down. I don't know. The forward lines are not clicking right now. And it's not just because Bergeron's out. I don't think the line combinations with Bergeron out were optimized in my opinion. And the forward grouping was slow. Campus Lindholm looks slow, but we'll keep it to the forwards for now. Yeah. I mean, I actually think three of the four lines have, for the most part, been pretty solid this series. Uh, 
you know, Marshan Zaka Debrusque, I think has actually been really good. But you nailed it. The Bertuzzi Crate Pasnak line has been poor. Like they've just been spending way too much time in their own zone. They cannot sustain anything offensively. Um, you know, yeah, obviously they've made an impact on the power play with Bertuzzi setting up Pasnak in game one, Bertuzzi scoring in game two, but five on five, they have been caved in. The, the Bruins have been outshot 21 to six with that line on the ice in this series. Like that's, that's awful. And you know, it's like, it, it's a waste of Pasternak. Honestly, like you, you can't, you don't want him spending, you know, 70% of his shifts in the D zone. And if that's how that line is going to be playing, like you have to try something else. It has to be, you know, whether it's, someone who's going to bring more defensive edge to it, who will be better breaking out. I mean, at times that line, when they were on the ice, they were just resorting to like Pasternak cherry picking and flipping it out to the neutral zone and hoping something happens. It's like, that's, that's not how the Bruins transition. Like that's just des- desperation. Um, so yeah, you, they got to do something else there. Be- David Pasternak had one five on five shot attempt in game two. Like, and that's because he was spending so much time in their own zone and the three of them together, just there's not enough there defensively to win pucks back and get going the other way and sustain offensive pressure. So yeah, whether it is, you know, Zaka joins that line in some capacity or, you know, I was thinking like, could you do like Martian, Krejci, Pasternak, and then you know, then you would have a line of uh, Bertuzzi, Zaka, DeBrusque. Like, there's a few different ways you could go, but you got to do something else because that line's not working. And by the way, now you're going on the road where the Paul Maurice can get whatever matchup he wants out against that line. So uh, they, you know, at least at home, they were seeing a little bit of the third and fourth line. You better believe it. If they keep that together on the road, they are going to see all either the Barkov line or the Bennett Kachuk line the entire game. Yeah. They were, and they're not a good defensive line. Like, okay, you got, there were times and on the stall goal, it was very noticeable where they lose a puck in the neutral zone and they don't get back. Um, Pasternak and Bertuzzi were both chasing that play. Um, it was Bertuzzi's guy, I believe uh, that scored and you, they just kind of hung everybody out to dry. There was three Bruins defending instead of five because Bertuzzi and Pasternak hadn't gotten back. And it was them that it, I believe it was Bertuzzi that turned it over in the neutral zone before that. So they haven't been clicking the, um, well, at least in, in game two, they were not clicking offensively and their mistakes. They weren't willing to go get the puck back. They kind of just let, um, their defensemen handle it after the turnovers. And I don't know, I did not like, I would say just like even the general attitude of that line was a little bit like lax and Bertuzzi made some really dumb passes today. Like that, there were some things that I was just shocked by. He loves this no look backwards pass to no one sometimes, um, or, uh, to Makachuk today at one point, but, um, he had some of the worst turnovers in the game. Obviously there were some pretty bad failed clears like Scott already mentioned, but um, sometimes you do that backhand pass over to Pasenak and he scores and it looks great. 
but it's not going to look like that every time. And that needs to stop. So um, I thought it was very careless. I think careless is probably a word you could use for a lot of the mistakes they made a lot of, you know, big portions of the game. It was just kind of choppy, careless play. I would agree. I also feel like at least with Bertuzzi though, yes, he made a couple of ill-advised passes that could have led to a goal, but he also, at least he's making his, his presence felt in other ways out there. And obviously yeah. he scored. Right. But like, I feel but like I, I really like that goal. He was just standing in the right spot. Uh, and Doctor, like, shot it off. Yeah. But yeah, but that's something that a lot of players don't do. So you got to give him credit for that. He's going to the right area of the ice and willing to take, you know, he's willing to go there. Um, I would so, say maybe he's just it was had a frustrating night. I mean, he was frustrated. We were probably we were frustrated watching, um, you know, what was going on. But I didn't think he had a good night. I don't know if you guys disagree, but I thought that I mean, he, he's going to be like that. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to be an agitator. That's how he plays. But it's different when you're also you know backing it up with your play and not, you know, part of the problem. I guess, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I don't think he had a great night in particular, but I think other players were just as bad, if not worse. And and on that line, like I, like I look at David Krejci, right? You're, you're a 15-year guy, 16-year guy in the NHL. You've been around the block and then some. And it just seems like to me, what do people call him, right? They call him playoff crutch because he twice led the postseason in scoring. Well, a massive part of playoff hockey is being willing to – go above and beyond in, in 50, 50 battles and really get your nose in there. And I think that Krejci just, when he's not, in, when he's not feeling it, he just isn't, th he's not there. He's just, he's just a guy out there and he's not, he doesn't look like a, he's just taking up space and he's soft. And, and, and I, I'm a huge David Krejci fan, but if you were to, if you were to tell me or ask me, Brian, what, what's, what's the biggest difference between watching Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci over their careers? Because both are, great at both sides of the puck but Bergeron's always been a better comp uh, competitor just like like as far as like shift in shift out doing what, it, what needs to be done and and Krejci when you have a brand new line like he is on with Bertuzzi and Pasternak you need to rely on that, that that centerman to have that experience to kind of be the backbone of that line I know there's a 60 goal score on the on, on the right wing but I, I if I'm casting blame with all due respect to the Bertuzzi argument like I'm 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 gonna hold him accountable, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold other players accountable before him because at least he was out there and being physical and and outside of the turnovers was trying to be engaged. I saw a lot of players just kind of going through the motions out there um, up front, and which is kind of the scary part because at no point in the season, like there are very few points in the regular season that they look like they were just going through the motions. How could that be? You know what you were doing in a playoff game and not finding a new gear. I mean, Marshawn did. Marshawn uh, was running around. I thought Taylor Hall had a decent game, but there, you know, that's two people. And T Taylor Hall had a couple brutal turnovers too, though. Like did. even the one that ends with, you know, uh, Carlo on the field breakout, Hall had two turnovers that shift that led to the extended possession in the first place. Um, like one in the neutral zone and then a drop pass to no one that led to the, to the Florida rush the other way. So, you know, he ends up getting a, a garbage time goal late, but it, I thought he really dropped off. You know, Jim Montgomery called him their best five on five forward in game one. And I think that 
might have been accurate. I thought he was I thought Taylor Hall was really good in game one. I thought he was not good in game two. Like uh, you know, I thought Coyle brought it, I thought Martian brought it. Fourth line was uh decent enough, I guess. Like that, you know, they at least brought some energy at times, but other than that, a, a lot of no shows. It Brian, I, I agree that Bertuzzi was trying and seemed to bring some, you know, some energy, some effort at times, but overall I thought it was still still a pretty poor game from him. Just mm-hmm. that whole line. Like I, I think I'm with Brian in that like if I'm gonna, you know, I guess do like the blame pie for that second line, then Krejci probably deserves the most. Generally a line's gonna go as the center goes and I I don't I think Krejci has struggled so far this series and I don't know if that's you know, is he still dealing with whatever was lingering late in the season that caused him to miss four, you know, the last four games? Um, possibly, but he led all the all forwards in ice time in game one. So, you know, I don't know if he would be doing that if he was 75%. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he's, like I said, I keep going back to just when that line has, when Florida's had possession and that line's been on the ice, it's like everyone's just playing really soft defense and like almost prevent defense where it's like, they're just like, okay, just try to keep my guy in front of me. And but like, they're not attacking the puck. They're not winning it back. So it's like, it's like almost just going through the motions and trying not to, I don't know, not like not to give up a great a chance, but it's like, if you spend enough time in your zone, then like eventually, eventually you're going to crack. Like the Bruins are at their best when they are attacking and defending aggressively and working to win pucks back. And that line, especially I just thought was very passive defensively. And, and on that goal, as, as Bridget highlighted, like Pasanak and Bertuzzi are both caught, you know, above the puck and, they both it was like they both expected the other one to be covering Eric Stahl, who, by the way, Eric Stahl is like 49 years old and slow. And you're telling me Pasanak and Bertuzzi can't keep up with him? Like, what are we doing, guys? Like, that's just pure effort or communication, or like there's there's no reason Eric Stahl should be getting separation from Pasanak and or Bertuzzi. I also felt like that line was oftentimes matched up against Kachuk, Bennett, and was it uh, Verhage? Was 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 that the third guy in that line? Yeah, they they do a little switching, but yeah, he was with them at times, and Lusterinen was was mm. with them at times. So, but at least the combination of Bennett and Kachuk up against Krejci and, and Pasternak, like their physicality, like that's 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 what happens. Like we talk about. Like before, before the playoffs started, it's like there is such a difference, and we all know this, but such a difference between the regular season when you're playing different teams on different schedules, and everybody's just trying to you know go through the grind of a regular season, and nobody's really match. You know, it's it's just it's it's regular season hockey. You know, it's glorified pond hockey relative for these NHL players. The playoffs, it's watch watch this game. It's like when Brad Marchand's on the ice, Radko Gudis is wearing him like a Halloween costume. Um, and then when that's not a matchup, you have you have Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett checking Krejci hard, checking Pasternak hard. Like it, the the effort that it entails for the Bruins to 
be as successful as they were in the regular season in the postseason, the effort has to be just so much better. The execution, decision making has to be so much crisper. With some, they need a lot more vindication in their game, and like they just seem they're they're way too cute. They're trying to they're, they're not they're not keeping it simple. Just like again, it's like how how do you how do you have a season with sixty five wins, then get to the postseason and just neglect all the basics that got you there like it's a new season like they're they are capable of losing four games just like everybody else and so like i think that florida has absolutely outworked boston for the for the i would say majority of the two games so far at least five on five i think i think florida has they certainly earned a winning game two you can make the argument that florida earned could have won game one too based off of um effort alone so now they're going down to Florida, and it's going to be a tall task. And we don't know if Bergeron's going to be in. Uh, 